Now I have Fly Me to the Moon stuck in my head. Did they play it's a bop. That level? What's that? Do they play it in that level? No. Yes, right? they do. They do they play do. it in that level because you you land on the darker side of the moon and everyone is there, and you have to climb to the top of the tower, and then the actual painful level starts. Hmm. But yeah, they're playing. The band is there playing the song right at the beginning. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Okay. I don't want to be moist is really what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm having really conflicting thoughts about whether or not I should have started recording. <laughs> I started recording a while ago. So. Okay, great. Uh, 244? Yes, I think. I think that's right. Did you know every day that we're in the middle of until the 20, no, the 30th is a palindrome? In in U.S. abbreviated date format. Oh my God, Michael! Way to ruin it. Technically correct is the best kind of correct, Andy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brings it around. I love it. Usually, you have to wait the entire <laughs> set to to get the joke back from the. You know, like comedians got you got to wait. You got to wait for the payoff, man. You get the whole mm-hmm. hour. This is how long you need to go before you pay off the first joke. It was too good. It was too good. <laughs> I don't know if I actually recorded that joke. How's it going, Michael? It's you know I'm I'm staying dry. You know, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God! I thought you were talking about the rain. Oh no. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, because of the rain. He is. I think. <laughs> what are you talking about? Andrew? I thought we were back on showers. Okay, moving oh. on. <laughs> yeah. I did. Great. Yeah, well, there's supposed to be torrential downpour this week, so hopefully we'll stay dry. Uh, I had to put a pause on. Is it is it not torrentially downpouring where you are? No, Mm-mm. no, it is dry up here. Bone it dry. Has been po- it has been raining on and off all day today, and like by rain I mean intense downpour for about ten minutes or less, and then nothing for a yeah, while. We got that. We got that yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit yesterday, uh, a little bit the day before that. Uh, it's supposed to be happening again Friday. Inch and a half of rain. Woohoo! Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's like half a year's worth of rain in three days. Yeah, uh, I mean you can't argue that the area doesn't need it, but it does need it a little more spread out than this. Yeah, so uh, your we, entire hillside take... doesn't run off. Yeah, I mean that's your that's your problem for living in the hills, man. I'm just saying that you know the. <laughs> Yeah, we need we need the rain, but maybe it could be better if they just, you know, took it over three days instead of compacting it into three hours. Somebody send a shout out to the big man. We'll figure it out. Oh, man. Well, hi, JJ. I didn't I didn't think we finished. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hello. I'm here. Uh, (laughs) And what's the thing you shoot? What is it? You shoot silver into the clouds or something and it makes it rain. Is that how it works? I think you can. Yeah. Uh, Cloud seeding. Yeah. Is it salt? No, I think it's silver dioxide. It's cloud seeding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe that's correct. So someone get on it. It was super cloudy the other day and we didn't get any rain. So I don't yeah, think you on. get like big fluffy rain clouds from cloud seeding though. Um 
gosh, it's been a long time since I looked into this uh, uh, debunking chemtrails and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But I did at one point read a whole bunch about cloud seeding and how it started in like the 30s and 40s. And that's a fascinating uh, internet hole to fall down if anyone's actually interested in it. But I'm not going there again. I can't do it. Seems fair. Speaking of internet holes, uh, CES, we didn't talk about it at all, but Michael, you wanted to talk about it. And that's yeah, kind of its so... internet hole of... They didn't have one in person, right? It was literally the internet of things over the internet? Yeah, they did uh, the first fully online CES this year. Maybe better for everybody. Uh, I mean, there there seemed to be no shortage of new technology still. Nice. How do I how do I test the new refrigerators, Andrew? If I can't touch them, you know. Well, you don't have to touch them, JJ, because there's a, a robot that will do your dishes and pour your wine for you. Oh, okay, great. So that that was one of the things that got showcased, uh, and I I thought about it because their uh, their tech of the year were the new AMD processors. Hmm. Um, but the, the item that actually caught my eye was, uh, you guys are familiar with Keurig. Yeah. The, uh, coffee, the yep, single, the serve, coffee cups. single serve coffee, tea, little disposable yeah. cups. So imagine a machine that is like a Keurig, except instead of hot beverages like coffee, it makes soft serve. Okay. I don't. I think I like soft serve. It's been a while I, since all, all the soft yeah. serve places have closed. And this was pre-pandemic, right? Like most of that genre of food, the pink berries of the world uh, have collapsed. There's still a couple near me, but or, well, a couple. I can think of one. But it is, yeah, not something I go to frequently. Hmm. But maybe soft serve at home wouldn't be bad. Yeah, so I thought it was super clever. It it took like sixty seconds, ninety seconds. Okay, ninety um, seconds soft serves a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the and one of the things that they they had come up with, which is one of the big knocks that people have against Keurig, are instead of the little plastic pods, they had um, small aluminum cans instead. Oh, to get rid of plastic. So fully recyclable. That's a good idea. Fully recyclable, and yet you still are locked into their system of buying their little cans and <laughs> selling them back. Well, until somebody, you know, takes Make... one and reverse engineers <laughs> until, it. Until somebody makes a cheaper plastic one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because they're, in their initial pitch, they said the their starting price point is a thousand bucks and they hope they hope to do enough business to cut that in half to 500 by replacing the stainless some of the stainless steel parts with plastic ones that's how tech goes the first one always is so shiny and cool looking and then everyone's like wow this is great i want one of these i'll get the 2.0 model which costs half the price awesome Ah, there was a reason. It's half the <laughs> you know price. why it costs? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it costs that because they changed all the parts and they made it in China. They're probably already making this in China. Uh, you never know. I don't know. A thousand dollars a unit? Maybe they're making them locally. You'd like yeah. to think they could. Who knows? 
Of course, they will never tell you where they're making them because it's probably a trade secret or something. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I have another question. I have a question also about soft milk-based products. <laughs> uh, okay, you guys like the lox and bagels situation? I mean, I'm not fully against lox. It's not like something I'm into all the time, but I'll eat it if you gave it to me. Okay. I am I am a fan. You're a fan. Yes. Uh one would describe the quintessential lox and bagel as cream cheese underneath uh egg bagel salmon chives probably capers, capers sliced up yeah. very thin red onion would be would be the most common version of this yes I mean, yeah, I sometimes sometimes replace the chives with dill, but other. Oh than yeah, that, dill is also common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah. say that's like the every topping you could possibly get on one of these versions. But yes, okay. is there a version of this that you could think of as a food crime? Because I got called out for making one into a food crime. I mean, I'm you sure mean a, a combination of those ingredients that you listed. Oh, no, maybe like adding something that's something? not on the ingredients. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure you Instantly. Can... Yeah. Ketchup. <laughs> boom. Food crime. Okay. Okay. It's yeah, like I'm sure. saying, like, of course you can make a crime. Right, well, like... what's your biggest uh, estimation of what a food crime would be on a lox and bagels? Ketchup might be the biggest one I can actually think of now. Although I was thinking like American cheese instead of cream cheese or something. That'd be really bad. Well, I could think of I could think of some easy ones, right? Like you replace the the cream cheese with like strawberry cream cheese or the bagel goes from egg bagel to cinnamon raisin bagel. Oof. Right, like simple switches yeah. that make the whole thing bad. Yeah. Okay, so follow my logic. Is extremely bad. <laughs> oh man. Right with the rest of that. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. Uh, follow my logic here. I assumed the bagel was not negligible, but somewhat fungible in its uh, form. So I chose not egg, but instead uh, cheese bagel. Which, whatever, it's not that much different, right? Slightly different. They didn't have jalapeno cheese bagels. Which is really what I wanted. And so I just uh, loaded it up with canned jalapenos. And then was accused of a food crime. by someone who doesn't like spicy food or who thought that just the idea of jalapenos in general was wrong or that they don't like locks because i think i feel like the problem is with a lot of this right locks specifically doesn't taste just like salmon right oh fair yeah and, and you gotta really want the locks because oh, because at least in the ones i've had typically that locks flavor is overpowering everything else on the bagel uh, or or at least is is the dominant flavor there i would i uh, i would posit a theory that no matter what version of salmon you get it will generally overpower whatever you have on the bagel so if it's slocks or if it's smoked salmon or whatever you have it's still going to be unless you've got like heaps of red onion on there uh it's going to be more powerful than everything you got on there anyway okay fair 
But uh, uh, one I of the best the... bagels I like is one of those jalapeno cheese bagels where they baked the jalapenos into the bagel, and there's just hunks of it in there. That is good. Sure, yeah. I, lo- I love a good just jalapeno bagel. You don't even got to put any cheese on it, man. You just cut up jalapenos and throw it in that bagel. There's That's something about the crispy cheese on a bagel. Yeah, you can put that on there, too. I'm not going to say no, but if they're charging me 50 extra cents, I'll take the one without the cheese <laughs> and just get the jalapeno. Okay, fair. But, Look, I mean, I wouldn't say no to this concoction with a, a jalapeno bagel. That doesn't seem... Okay, but, but they didn't have those, so I threw canned jalapenos on the top to wit... I was accused of a crime. Yeah. Canned jalapenos don't taste like fresh ones. No, they're a very, very specific taste. I think that's the only... Assuming they're okay with everything else, which may or may not be the case. I don't know what the specific complaint was about the crime. That was... that The, the jalapenos were the complaint. The jalapenos were the complaint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... I kind of see where they're coming from i don't think it goes all the way to crime for me it's a defensible position yeah yeah considering all the other things you maybe have on there if you have red onions on there red onions typically have a similar taste to the the canned jalapeno i mean i've seen i've seen locks served aside spicy pickles sure what's the difference between that and a jalapeno i mean if you put a single pickle on it the jalapenos you get from a can are pickled, so you probably are going to get a similar flavor off them. Sure. I think that's all right. Okay. I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated. <laughs> Great. Michael's suspiciously silent over there. No, I was just thinking of other things you could use. I was thinking pickle the red onion. Uh yeah, I love pickled red. I onions, love where you're man. going with this idea. Let's <laughs> reimagine the the lox bagel. Just a second. Put the pickled red onions on there. That'd be good. Okay. Yeah. Pickled red onions. So the that's the only thing that I would I would change to the classic build. No, mm, let's adjust here. I would say instead of cream cheese, we we switch it over to like a bechamel sauce. No. No. Too much. No. Why? No, I don't want. I, look, man, are you gonna make me have a bechamel sauce? What are we doing? Making mac and cheese here? What are we trying uh, to make? Like maybe a thicker. no, get, no, 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 no. That would also be a mess. Bechamel is it doesn't hold its uh, yeah, it moves, it man. Hold its shape. It's just gonna be runny all over the place when I, I mean you would it make up, it when I want to pick it up and bite into okay, it. Okay, what would have the same same flavor as like a a, a cheesier cheese? That's not like cheddar i mean you could make yourself like a cheese spread yeah okay cream cheese and mix other cheese into like more it like or... a rondelle sure if you wanted hmm gotta keep the capers like at this point just like make a sandwich dude like you don't gotta put this on a bagel anymore <laughs> yeah, but who puts smoked salmon in a sandwich you could two be pieces, you two pieces of bread around smoked salmon might be a crime yeah yeah, okay. I mean, like, make an open-faced sandwich, oh, yeah. call it a flatbread. Sure. I don't know. Do do whatever you got to justify it yourself. There. I, but I think you can get more cracker. options. Sure. Yeah, yeah. great. I, I'm just saying that the bagel is the thing that's going to limit you here in the terms of where people are going to convict you for crimes. Because you're going to start saying, oh, I want to put these, like, exotic cheeses and sauces and stuff on a bagel. And the people are going to be like, mm-hmm. And then you're going to get convicted of a food crime right there. All right, fine. 
I think that's the. So like, yeah, once you move to open face sandwich, like let's go put whatever we want on there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bechamel. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Season. Yeah. Okay. Get white wine sauce on there. That sounds good. Oh yeah. Drizzled on top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting very hungry. We need to switch topics. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I just ate dinner. Okay. Uh, I have to report something sad to you both. Now that okay. now that I've been vindicated of a crime, uh, I'm going to commit another one. Pushing your luck. I know. I restarted Final Fantasy twelve. Oh no! Why though? My save files were not in a good place after trying to get out of that locked-in fight where I had to escape it, and I thought I had gotten by it. Okay. Uh, turns out I missed some stuff. I needed to restart. Uh, I wasn't enjoying where I was at. It, things were getting very complicated and bad with the characters. I guess I was just underleveled for where I was or something initially. And then hmm. it snowballed and I didn't have enough backup saves to get Undo. back past where I should have gone back. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it more now. There was like a month there of trying to salvage something and it made it me very frustrated. And not want to play the game. Well, if it's gotten you back into it, then it's worth it. Yeah. I was starting to think the game was bad or that I was bad or something. And I just said, you know what? Let's start this over because things are just not in a good place. So that's my uh, criminal activity. <laughs> Bummer. I apologize. I, I, th- I mean, you know, live your life, man. Whatever. Uh there are some parts of that game that are not so fun when you first randomly come upon them. Oh. Uh-oh. I think. Hmm. So, I think I think it's okay to have uh to restart a little bit. I I mean like you know, when I played that game when it first came out, I didn't beat it. And then I played it again like a few years after that and again I didn't beat it. And then it was only just this time when I finally beat it, you know, 20 years later or whatever. <laughs> Interesting. So, so I, yeah. I would say, you know, you're okay. Okay. We'll give it another shot with a fresh start. See if I can join the completionist club. But uh, I think it's time to talk about maybe a different JRPG. Do we want it? Yeah, sure. I would like to hear about it. So I've been on and off dabbling in... We talked about it a little bit a while ago, but uh, I've been playing the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on my Switch every every so often. It's like at night, just like put in an hour here or a couple hours there or whatever. Just, you know, it's a very... Uh, low effort kind of game. You just kind of get in, you grind some quests, do whatever, run around, pick up some little doodads on the field and, and call it a night. 
Uh, and I, I am finally approaching what amounts to, I'm pretty sure, the end of that game. Uh, I have played it before, the the main game, and I have not played their additional future connected story that comes after the main game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working my way to eventually playing that, but I want to f- finish the main game first. Um, I've been going around getting all of the final skill trees for the characters. Okay, yeah, because there there are ones you can tack on by doing more questing. Right, there are additional ones you can find, and I've been trying to find all of the last ones of those. Uh, a lot of them require you to fight some really high-level monsters. Uh, where do you go to get the levels for this? Uh, I have run almost completely out of quests. I like as far as I can tell, I have done basically every quest in the game or close to it. The ones I've been able to find, I like the monsters in the area that it's telling me to go to are in the like seventies range, mid to upper seventies. Okay. Uh, but some of these quest monsters, these quests want me to kill, are in the nineties, like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, I know. I know where the point of no return is in this game, and I am not far from it necessarily. So not far uh, from it because you could choose to go there at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the game uh, has a very generous fast travel system in that it will let you fast travel to almost anywhere in the world, assuming you're not in the like, you know, a scene or whatever that won't let you do that. Um, and I can go really everywhere in the game as far as I'm able to tell. Uh, so there must be some high level monsters somewhere, but I needed something in between, like, let's say 78 and 96 anyone got any tips um, yeah go to the place that has those and then fight I was them i gonna say i feel like there Thank are you, i welcome. feel like they're scattered in some of the earlier sections there are the occasional high level enemy sort of lurking in the background behind the lower level ones that you avoid early in the game but can circle back to okay is that there is my that is, is my it, vague, fuzzy recollection. Is the game turning into Monster Hunter on him? Well, like I don't want to. If if the answer is I have to just go like fight single monsters to get all those all that experience, like there's no place I can just go and run around and and kill you know ten of these and level up all the time. Then that's not what I'm in here for. So maybe I'll just press on and finish it because I don't want to spend. 20 hours running around finding single unique monsters or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's a, a single place you can go. Um, do, 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 it's like, do, ideally, do. I would love if there just exists like some cave somewhere off a hidden path or whatever that just has a bunch of like level 81 monsters in it. And I can just go there and then fast travel and respawn the cave and go back. Right. Like that would be ideal. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing, but okay. It sounds like you don't remember That's cool. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. The, are uh, you doing all of this without a guide? I have done large parts of it without a guide, cool. but I'm now at the part where like, these quests need some really obscure stuff and right. I'm not going to sit here. So I'm going to look up. Yeah. Like, finding where do those... I get 
one of ocean water of life or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah, finding some of those skill trees can be difficult. It's like you have to talk to one specific character between midnight and 3 a.m. on this balcony in this town. No. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you'd be hunting for a while if, if you, you didn't have a guide. It. You could do it. You could do it, right? Think, there are sure. little hints here and there. but I, I really wish I have... there weren't games that were built that way, though. I mean, I guess it's fine. I mean, because it gives people something to do. It. And it doesn't change the game, right? You could still m- not miss anything. It's not I like beaten, uh, I have beaten these games without any of the unlockable skill trees. You don't need them. I, I, there's like a difference. It, hiding a like FF7, hiding a character completely from from view in a side quest maybe isn't the greatest idea, especially now that they're reusing some of those characters. Um, but in this instance, like finding a quest to beat a monster is like, oh, well, if you don't beat that monster, it doesn't change the game any. There's no info there. So I think it's fine. Clearly, you all disagree with me. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I have not found this to happen that much on in this game. There is enough. Oh, I don't know. I've played it before, so I know that that kind of stuff exists in this game. And so then I get to a town and I I grab all the quests I can see. I advance the clock six hours. <laughs> I grab all the quests I can see. I advance the clock six hours. And I just repeat <laughs> that because I know that that's a thing that this game does. Yes. But like, if you didn't know that, I could see this being very frustrating, right? Sure. Okay. Well... I look forward to hearing about it when you finish it. Yeah, I, I want to. I don't know when I'm going to get around to it, because like I said, there's a lot of them, but I'm happy just like go. Because the game is not that hard on the main path, it is a good game for just going in there, putzing around, killing a few guys, and then just like running off and doing whatever else. Plus the visuals and the music are so great, you don't mind just wandering around. Yeah, it it really does have some really spectacular visuals of just like, oh, wow, this is such a cool area to be in. And like, oh, man, look at that uh, that vista or whatever. Nice. Speaking of fruitless quests that may be too frustrating. How's uh, how's that moon hunt there going, Michael? There are so many moons. (laughs) There's only one moon. I don't know what you're talking about. But the moon has three sides. The moon is a sphere. <laughs> but it has a dark side and apparently a darker side. I'm so confused. What are we talking about? So, yeah, I'm still I'm still hunting for power moons in Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I, I cracked 700 earlier today, though. Is there a thousand? Uh, yes. Oh, boy. Uh, but the last hundred and something you just straight up can buy. That still leaves you two hundred more to find. <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 steadily working my way through the uh, through the mop up. You uh, you finish the story once, and then things happen that unlock more moons in all of the worlds you've gone through. Oh, you got to go back through the whole game. Yeah, so they they add a bunch of moons to you know anywhere between ten and two dozen to each one of the worlds, which basically gives you more jumping puzzles, right? Yeah, I mean, in addition to other things, more Plat- boss fights, more, Plat- yeah. More boss fights? You get extra boss fights? 
Yeah, yeah. So there are there are more boss fights or repeats of boss fights you've already had, but maybe uh, with different mechanics. Oh, hmm, that's better. Yeah, yeah. So it it it's a novel twist on on just doing the same old thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's at the at the very end, the last area that you unlock is called the darker side of the moon. Uh, and there is one, it's basically one long level that tests just about everything that you have learned over the course of the game. And there is no save point anywhere in the middle. So you have to get all the way through it in one long shot. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it's pretty brutal. I think this level is like notorious as the quote unquote hardest thing in this game, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh and there are there are some ways that you can help yourself out, but um one of the annoying things in this game is the lava mechanic because you if you hit the lava, Mario, you know, Mario's pants light on fire and he goes shooting up in the sky but you also <laughs> can't move or really take any actions so if you hit the lava and you're not extremely close to safe ground to land on you're just going to bounce up and down in the lava and watch your life meter tick down one at a time oh no yep that's frustrating it's i feel like it happens in this game where like you're on like monkey bars or some kind of like swinging thing yeah and then you jump and you just miss the jump or whatever and now you're in a lava pit and it's basically just like this should just kill me just kill me why do i have to watch them jump <laughs> yeah. up and down where's screaming the, in pain where's and like the just where's the retry yeah give me the retry come on nice so i did i did finally get through it it took me maybe two hours to actually put you, a, full, a full run together oof and even that was with bypassing a little bit of it because there is there is one one small part of it that you can skip. You have more staying power than me, man. I don't know if I could pull that off two hours. It's one of those like you just have to get the muscle memory or learn the layout well enough that you can yeah, almost like a Kaizo through. thing, right? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like at the by the time I got through to the end of it, the first half of it was pretty much automatic. I wouldn't call it a Kaizo thing, Andrew. The Kaizo stuff is like intentionally deceitful and actively trying to hurt you. This is just like one really long Mario course, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, super, I just meant in, precise, the, but... in so much as the Kaizo stuff, yeah, it tricks you initially, but then you memorize it and you get through it. Oh, sure. It is a similar thing. A, where it, you have they're to... both kind of like memory challenges. If you don't have a save on a normal Mario level that takes you two hours to figure, you know, like... Yeah, it may not be a quote-unquote Kaizo level, but it's still the same kind of memory puzzle. Yeah, I, I just meant that the level is not vindictive in the way Kaizo stuff is, where they like <laughs> in, intentionally place invisible blocks you could never know about in the obvious jump path so that you hit them and die. Right, yeah. Nice. It's just normal jumping, but hard. Yeah. Cool. Congratulations. Man, Odyssey is such a cool game. I'm so proud that you did that man i don't think i even beat that level i think i just gave up at some point I was like, <laughs> eh, this is more than i want to do yeah. i have a, like 
700 moons of good. (laughs) (laughs) But like much like Xenoblade, it's one that you can just sort of flip on and collect a few moons uh, while you're, you know, watching something in the background and then sit it back down. Yeah, a lot of the moons are not difficult in that game. And especially like they're fun. Just like it's like fun to run around and jump and and do stuff. And then you get levels like that where it is work. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they definitely have a challenge in there for every skill level. Nice. It's good. Uh, it's a good heads up, I think, for some people to know what hundred percenting that game could mean. You know, I yeah, it'll, I, it'll take a little time. I think I immediately gave up on the idea of hundred percenting Mario Odyssey when someone told me there are like nine hundred moons, and I was like, well, that's not happening. I've kind of given up on hundred percenting almost anything in these days. <laughs> I think Just that's the amount, the amount of time required is a whole two or three other games worth sometimes. I was yeah. looking at like time to completes on a few of these games I want to try on Game Pass. Like normal run, four hours, hundred percent, thirty hours. Like, uh so you're saying I know what happens in the whole game in four hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if people don't know about it, uh how long to beat dot com is a great resource if you're wondering how long it's gonna take. That's you a to that finish. was a Michael find. Thank you for that. How long Oh yeah, I, I use it all the time. Yeah, it, it, it's a good resource. And the hour counts are like wildly variable, of course. But... <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely pay attention to how many people have logged a, a completion in the category you're looking. And if it's only like two people, take it with a, a large grain of salt. Yeah, totally. Well, what's the time to beat on Total War Five Kingdoms? Uh, there are only three kingdoms, Andrew. Seven kingdoms. Uh, uh, at- I feel like oh, there's someone cr- there's a cr- there's a scholar of ancient Chinese history out there that is getting very angry at this correct podcast. correct me again I'll long, add another two how long was the Iron Age Andy <laughs> seven hundred years <laughs> about that long uh man let me tell you guys the story of Cow Cow and the Coalition of the Great Plains okay recount so, re- recount yes not recant so. So I so I'm playing Cow Cow and we're out there, you know, I I'm I'm conquering as needed, you know. I'm not I'm not the most overtly warlike guy, but like I have enemies, you know. The, the Han Empire have made an enemy of me, so I've been taking their stuff. Uh there's you know some you know, a few border skirmishes here and there with some minor warlords. Um you know, I, I'm I'm doing okay. Uh and this this other warrior named Liu Bei decides he wants to invite me into his coalition called the Coalition of the Great Plains. It's like an area of China, I guess. I don't know. I know nothing about Chinese geography. And I'm like, all right, well, this seems all right. He's like my neighbor to the direction. Is that east? Like northeast, kind of? He has some lands up there. We only share one border in like one province. Most of our area doesn't really touch each other. It's like, all right, that seems cool. Cool, we'll get into the- He has a, he's a, at this point in the game, he has a very strong army. He's way stronger than me. So I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah. I, like, I have, like, really high economic scores, but, like, really low army scores because I haven't been producing armies. I've just been, like, building units and or building um, fortresses and towns. And In a game about building armies, you're not building armies? No, nah, man, I'm building my economy. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> macroing. Yeah, I'm macroing, exactly. I'm, I'm building my <laughs> towns so they produce money so that I can just buy an army, you know, out of the air. Uh, 
you know, it's not war, Andrew. It's just, you know, it's pre-planning for war. Uh, and <laughs> okay. so, he, okay, cheap version of Sun Tzu. Thank you for your. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, that dollar, one's free. That was do- dollar that store thun Sun Tzu over here. <laughs> yeah, y'all ancient Chinese scholars out there are welcome for that one. Um, <laughs> and and so I'm like, all right, this is cool. Like, yeah, me and this guy are gonna be in this this coalition. Great. Uh, and he's like, he's like. Then a few turns later, he's like, "Hey, now that we're we're in this coalition, I think we should both declare our war on this other guy, who I share a lot of borders with." Actually, it turns out, and like, oh yes, I w- that was the next guy I was probably going to declare war on anyway. This seems like a great plan. Nice. You know, Liu Bei is coming from this side. I'm coming from this side. We're just going to take all this stuff. Great. This sounds perfect. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I go along with it. Great. He starts, you know, conquering his lands over there. I, I conquer several of his territories over here. We wipe that guy out. Great. This is a this is a great coalition. A few turns later, he's like, "Hey, we should invite this other guy to the coalition. He has really good economic scores too, man. I, I like this guy." Oh, okay. I got to check him out. Eh, I don't know. I'm I'm iffy about it, but yeah, okay. Like, I, I don't want to piss off the guy with the biggest army on the map right now. So I'm like, "All right, sure, sure. We'll invite this guy to the coalition." Great. Uh oh. Hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he's this guy's like a trading guy. He's like really into like creating trade routes and doing all kinds of like exchanges and stuff. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. I have some sizable armies at this point, but they're not big enough to beat to beat Liu Bei. And then out of nowhere, from the north, comes this guy Yuan Shao. I don't know the history of this, but I <laughs> I guess this dude just shows up at some point and wrecks this coalition. <laughs> Because he showed up and wrecked me badly. And then he wrecked Liu Bei, and uh, somehow he did not like conquer all of my lands. I have a river that kind of runs through part of my land, and so I stayed on the other side of the river with really big armies, and then every time he'd try to cross, he'd take a bunch of damage because rivers. Um, And so he stopped at the river, more or less, and he went over to... He completely took over Liu Bei and this other guy, and he made them vassals, which is like, oh no, essentially like declaring, "All right, you get to you get to live, but you're subservient to me. You pay half your money to me, and like, you know, I'm not going to take over your capital or whatever. You're autonomous, but really, you're it, when I declare war, you declare war on them too, and like, I'm in charge here, basically. Uh, and so our coalition is like immediately destroyed because he. He took over all my dudes, and now there's no coalition. It's just me. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and then, like, two or three turns later, Liu Bei comes back to me. He's like, hey, man, want to do some trading? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Get out of here. Who are you even talking to me for? <laughs> Go talk to your boss about this. What does he say? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I just was, I felt really betrayed by this guy. Um, but I can't do anything about it, because the head dude is now bigger than both of them. And when he goes to war, all of them come with him. So I kind of have to like, you know, bide my time, build up my, my military and just sort of like focus on some other minor warlords. Again, got to do some, do some peace deals, instigate some proxy wars, doing the cow cow stuff. That's what he, yeah, I was going to say. Do. You got to do, you got to get to, to cow cow's side. He'll protect you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I eventually like built up to the point where I'm not quite even with their whole coalition, but like I'm, I'm strong enough that I could fight the head guy if I keep the other two guys out of it, right? And 
so I go to war with the head guy. Obviously, all all three of them declare war on me at you know as soon as you declare war on them. And then I I send a diplomatic envoy to the other two guys. I'm like, hey, I will support your independence against this guy if you rebel. <laughs> and like you know, let's let's work together. Make the bring the coalition back. You know, um, they did not go for it. No. <laughs> the idea was so good. Um, but luckily they, they had been relatively decimated by some other wars that that guy was fighting. Uh, so I was able to kind of gobble up a good portion of his lands, uh, and sue for peace, uh, before I was overrun by their combined might. So now I think maybe I, I give us, if I can hold the line for a few turns and rebuild my, my economic strength, maybe I'll be able to put up a fight against all of them. I hope, uh, Man, there's a lot going on in the in ancient China, man. <laughs> this is just like the north middle of the map. I haven't even gone south of like not quite my original starting territories. There's a whole bunch of stuff down there. I don't know what the Duchy of Wu is doing, but I see them taking over a lot of territory and it worries me. I'm yeah. I'm worried about I what's think, going on down there. I think you would be well served by going to the Three Kingdoms Wikipedia page, which I found last time when you were talking about this game. Oh yeah, and reading about what's supposed no, to happen. No, you don't even need to read history. it. They have they have a really cool thing on there, and this doesn't count as research uh, because I did it after last time because I was curious. Uh, go to there that page and just stare at the the gif that someone made, the beautiful gif that someone made of the entire Three Kingdoms era, and watch the map. It's just a map. It shows you Cao Cao and Wu and all these places and Wei and Jin and all these other people. Okay. I believe this. And you would uh you maybe find the people you might want to ally with with <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna this is a cool animation actually. I'm starting to watch it now. Yeah. It's fascinating for the people listening to the podcast. Ah, well, I just like I think it I think it was an interesting idea of like coming into this with no idea of what the heck like how Chinese history goes or who wins or any of this. Sure. Uh and and then just like coming into it and just being like, "Oh, who are who are these people? <laughs> what mm-hmm. what's what going doing? on?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this cow cow is much better at this game than me in real life. <laughs> I, I wonder can tell why. You, he has many more uh, lands than me. Many mm. more. Hmm. Yeah. As time is going on here, he many many more lands. Yes. So this is problematic for my uh, my hopes of ruling the the empire here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well. I do have to report one last game we could talk about if you guys have any interest. If you don't, that's fine, too. I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, And to be clear, this, this is the Battle Royale mode? This is their Battle Royale mode, yeah. I've been... I've been sucked into it by uh, others who were more interested than I, but I wanted to play the game, a game, with them, and they had quit playing Apex, JJ. Mm. 
due to the complaint of like some of that game is very much about well we didn't have the right team comp for the powers and you didn't use your power at the right time and all that sort of stuff uh i don't think most people who play warzone think this way but i do i think that game is hilarious People get in in what way? First of all, you if you don't go into the game knowing you're gonna get killed randomly, and and I mean very randomly, like oh I got sniped across the map. I literally was riding in a helicopter, and I got sniped off of the foot pegs of the helicopter through a tree because you can see the kill cam of the person that got you, right? And this guy apparently headshotted me with a sniper rifle on a helicopter headed away from him through a tree. And if you can't wow. laugh at that. <laughs> I mean, tip of the cap. If you can't laugh yeah. at that, it's you don't play Warzone. Good on you, man. That's uh pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I say that you should laugh at it. Because there's a really great feature in that game that you guys might not know about, which is when you kill someone in the game, you they turn their mic on and you hear about four seconds of whatever they say. And? Most of the time it's people be yelling, what? Or uh, a lot of F, F expletives. <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, or like, that's not even possible. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. A lot of frustration. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've heard some choice racial language as uh, well. The old internet chestnut of yeah. all the Call of Duty is full of the swears and the bad things. Yeah, uh-huh. But when people kill me, most of the time, all they hear is uncontrollable laughter. And I hope I'm bringing happiness to people in Warzone. <laughs> because I see the most ridiculous things. It's so funny. When you walk into a building. I, I, I have walked. This has happened multiple times now. I walk into a building and someone's just hiding in there. <laughs> you see an animated model of this guy who's kitted out. for. He looks like he's Rambo. But he's cowering in a corner, and he, well, you didn't see him because he was cowering in the corner, so he killed you. But it's just the most hilarious thing. Because it's just, I I just laugh so hard playing that game, and uh, I did not expect to enjoy it at all. I get very much the same feelings of when I used to play or tried playing Fortnite and Apex, of when you get into the game and you're very nervous about dying Im- immediately, and you know, like letting your team down and all those sorts of things. But as time has gone on, I I've, and uh, my muscle memory has improved, right? Not every gunfight is just me immediately dying to the fact that I don't know which way to go or what button to press. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just find the deaths very, very funny. Very funny. And if you don't play that game to have fun, uh, like it's probably not worth it. So many cheats and hacks and all that sort of stuff are possible. Um. It- is this a team game though? I I thought it was like a hundred players on an island, everyone for themselves. Is it? Yeah. Is that oh, their that's teams? that's a good question. You can play it in singles, and it's every man for themselves, or you can play it in up to teams of four. Okay. There's a sweet spot 
the the two and three player teams are generally the most fun. Um, so the the way I guess I should just tell you the way that it works. Uh, it's it's like every other one. You drop onto the island, you pull your parachute, and you land somewhere, and you start looting stuff, right? Sure. Uh, the guns are real life guns. They've tweaked them all to semi semi different uses, but most many of the classes are roughly the same. So there's like different classes of of guns um that you can pick up the the there's like no shields in the game but there's armor plating that you can put on your body uh obviously you get if you get headshotted that doesn't really your armor plating doesn't matter so um the real differences i think between other games and this is there's really like no powers per se i mean you have like secondary abilities like grenades and claymores and c4 and bouncing betties and all these types of things you can pick up off the ground and use um airstrikes uh and then more powerful things you can pick up off the ground like here's a huge armor box for your entire team or that kind of thing um Mm. the real difference i think is that you can pick up money and this is why the sweet spot is like smaller games maybe you pick up money and money can be used to gain advantages on the battlefield. Like I'm going to buy a UAV that shows me where everybody is on the mini map, which is a pretty powerful tool. If you could guess, you know where people are, you can either go kill them or avoid them, whichever you want to do. Uh, and it also can be used to get what they call loadouts, which is essentially your pre-made guns outside of the match which you can actually make better than the ones you can find in the match so like let's say you pick up an m16 in the game it might have a sight on it it might not it might have an upgraded 45 round clip it might not uh unlike an apex jj where you had to put all these attachments on in the game Mm -hmm. you do that outside the game and then you just you get money and then go get your pre-made stuff from a box that you, you go buy. Uh, so then is there no way to like get attachments and attach them to the guns that no. you have? If yeah. You whatever gun find... you pick up is just however it is. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess I can see that being fun. If you just like really like certain guns and you could always go get the ones you like and you don't have to worry about like, am I going to find a whatever yeah, you, or whatever that I'm looking for? You could really cater to your play style. Like, I really love this sniper rifle. I really love having, you know, a, a lot of people use it to, quote unquote, get the best guns in the game. So they, they say the DMR and the, the MAC-10 are the best guns, right? So a lot of people's loadouts are just DMRs and MAC-10s all the time. Um, But you could do fun things. Like, I, I really like certain loadouts. And the 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 real advantage you get from doing that is there are what they call perks, which are like uh, passive abilities your character gets from getting your loadout. So Mm -hmm. if you get a loadout, you're allowed to then uh, not be spotted by UAVs is one of the perks or stuff like that. Um, Uh, So the UAVs aren't as good as you just told me. Now they're they're, telling me people can be not spottable. They're really good early. They're bad late. Not bad, but less useful late because people will eventually pick up that perk but yeah because because i'm picking that perk yeah sounds good (laughs) yeah 
you know, as the game goes on, you get money and more money. You can rebuy your teammates if they die, and they get dropped back in to the game. Uh, it's it's kind of fun, you know, because then you you have a chance actually. You do one on one fights after you lose. It's, it just makes the game, I think, very hilarious because there's like multiple chances to not lose. And when you when you're in front of your teammates and screw it up, it's actually kind of funny. So there's a there's a system called the gulag where you you get killed and then you go fight a one on one fight against somebody else who has died and one of you gets put back in the game. And if you die in the in the gulag, you're just dead. You're dead unless your team rebuys you with the money that you're finding off of either I see. people you mm. kill so, or in okay. the game. Yeah. So you uh, can buy in also. Yes, as, you can buy in as also. A way to, as a way to skip the 1v1. Right. Uh, no, you can't skip the 1v1. You have to wait until after. Oh, okay. So if you lose the 1v1, then they can pay. Right. And you, if you Got do it. the 1v1 fight, you can't do it again. So the first time you die, you get a free chance to come back. And then after that, you're just dead. Uh, you can still be rebought multiple times, though. Hmm. It's really funny, though, because... <laughs> In there, they they provide even more like hilarity uh, to me. I think it's great. Uh, you can watch your teammates do the one v one, so you sure. can be on the microphone with them and be like, "He's hiding behind the car. He's hiding behind the car." No, you're not listening. The other car. <laughs> that kind of thing, not through spectator yeah, okay. mode, but literally above them on a ramp, like watching them play. <laughs> it's really funny. It's great. I I think it's really funny. I mean, you would assume that at this point, though, you know, there are two of you dead instead of only one. And so it's probably more, you know, uh, to not be dead. you know, team fights often go one way or another. <laughs> Either you get really good placement and you wipe their team or you get really bad placement and most of your team dies. Okay. I think the thing that uh, that I liked back when I played Apex was it took kind of a while for you to be killed yeah you can't just die like in two seconds because a dude has a shotgun yeah that's totally not the case in this you you can be gone the second you turn a corner and somebody has a shotgun out yeah i, I mean like look if you're right next to the guy with the shotgun even in apex it's not going to save you but you know if you are if you are not like right on top of them there's a decent chance you can survive in a firefight long enough to perform actions whatever those <laughs> actions may be run away get killed jump i don't know something you feel like you have agency yeah um i i have never liked call of duty because you die instantly it's just like i turn a corner black dead and it's like what can, oh i died because there was a dude there which okay. is funny because it's exactly the reason that i have found it funny and way more enjoyable than i ever thought i would because i've tried apex i tried fortnite and both those games Every time I died, and even uh, even Overwatch. Overwatch is a really good example of this, too. Every time I died, I either felt like, where's the rest of my team? We're supposed to be doing this thing. Or I don't have the skills or the know-how to do what that person across from me did. Right? Like, in Fortnite, I don't know how to build gigantic bases instantly like that person does with their keybinding macros. Uh, so I get killed because I'm just out in the open or in apex, uh, you know, if I don't play the same character every single time. And then if you play in teams 
uh, well, you have to play in teams in that game, right? So yes, it's all teams. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get yelled at because you don't know what you're doing. If you play with random people, if you play with people, you know, you know, you're letting them down because you didn't press the right buttons. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, and so you're saying you definitely can hide in a corner with a shotgun and shoot a dude. This is your yeah. level is like, yeah, I can stand in this corner. But the level, anything that comes through that the door. level <laughs> of useful you need to be in Call of Duty is much lower, right? You could get killed immediately, but as long as you know where the people were that killed you, you can tell people like what happened. You could probably save the rest of your team. I mean. But certainly there is also a skill bar, right? Because that dude headshotted you from a million miles away through the crossbar of your <laughs> of your helicopter. So, like, you know, that guy is still going to beat you no matter what, whatever you tell your team. It's not going to help them. Like, yes. He's going to kill them, too. Yep. yep. And that's why uh, it's become a very nice little stress reliever. I laugh a lot more than I thought I would in that game. And I have yet to be, like, one of those people that's like, oh, F, mom. Because I'm not good enough to care. <laughs> Just laughter. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you're like, wait, what? Definitely there's been like, when I fell out of that helicopter and instantly saw, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, at first I thought, did I press a button? Like, did I hit exit instead of reload? That's weird. And then you see the, uh, the kill cam come up and you're like, wait, what? You know? Uh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you laugh. I don't know. You that's gotta... that's my full review of Warzone. I don't need to talk about it again, but I have been playing it quite a bit and I thought you might like to hear about it. You got to follow your joy, man. If you're having a good time, you should keep doing it. That's I'm fine with that. I think I'll keep it up for a little while, at least while these guys are playing it. Uh it's it, almost in that level of uh World of Warcraft used to be where we used to play that just to hang out, you know? Like, I don't know. What do you want to go do? I don't know. Dead Mines again? Sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a level of that with that uh, games like that, right? Like, people yeah. play Apex and Fortnite and those kinds of games in a lot of reasons just to hang out with people. So, I think it's cool. But man, is that community of people that actually care in that game is not my bag. I think the reason you're having fun with it is because you're not trying to win. As soon as you start trying to win, you probably get angry and then stop liking the game. I think you're right. I think my prediction. I think you're right. I think trying to enjoy myself is not because there's so many people in there that are going to be better than me forever. Right. I don't play enough hours. I don't play eight hours a day, six hours a day. You know, like there are plenty of people who that's their only game and they're very good at it. Uh, Shout out Mm -hmm. to Ken. (laughs) Not Ken from the podcast, different Ken. Uh, he's very good at the game and carries the team. Good for him. I can enjoy myself because I'm not trying to win. You're right. I, I think that's I think that's the key to having fun with games like that because there's always going to be someone, especially in those kinds of games where you're playing with so many people in each match, right? Yeah. There's, very likely going to be someone who's better than you in the game. But if you're not trying to win and you're just there to have fun, well, then who cares if you get randomly killed by walking around a corner with a dude with a shotgun? You can't be mad about that. <laughs> I think not that a- lines up well with, with our whole aesthetic here, right? Yes. We've only got so much time, play the games that 
bring joy into your life. Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, don't be shocked if it's not the games you expect. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, you're you're loving this. You should keep doing it until you stop loving it, and then you should play stop doing else. it. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Well, if people have uh, advice for JJ's Three Kingdoms expansion, I there's a real missed opportunity there to say Nine Kingdoms. I tried. Oh well. Uh, you can send your ancient Chinese history texts to podcast at webergamers dot com. I'll find a scholar here and get get them to look over and translate it for me. Uh, you're, we're also on basically every podcast thing we can find. Uh, you're on Apple and Google and Stitcher and and Amazon and and whatever else we can figure out. I don't know uh, Spotify even. So follow us on your favorite platform and and let us know. Uh, we're also on social media at We Were Gamers, so wherever you find that, it's good. And check us out on YouTube. We follow us on there. We put stuff up there pretty frequently, and the the videos are nicely category categorized into the uh, the various subpods and component classes and things like that. So yeah, it's very easy to find what you're looking for. You uh you should check that out this week because there'll be two pods this week. There'll be this pod that you're listening to now, and uh, shortly thereafter there'll be a subspace transmission. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Second of the Discovery Season 3. Yeah. Wherein we uh, we don't lament a whole lot. Uh, we, we talk about what they're doing with that show, which is they are doing some things. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the future is crazy. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, until next time, guys. helps I, I was curious jj so i looked that up yeah thank you i've done some of these level 75 ones i think i had some quests to go there but i'll try i'm high enough that maybe i could farm alchemoth i don't know i haven't gone back there i don't know what level those guys are it's worth checking out new tepra cave yeah tepra cave is like an early game zone and then late game you go back and there's like a whole third floor essentially okay full it's of like, like level 90 monsters and it's just like oh god what am i doing here it's like some of the mines in ff12 yeah true there are you go some through like the mine you go through the mine through the first time on the main path and there are you know low level enemies and then you go back for some of the later side quests and you go into a different area of the mine and everything can kill you really easily yep oh michael did you see what happened with your gamestop stock today no, I didn't. I didn't see the news today. What happened? The uh, squeeze. The squeeze. The squeeze continued into the morning until oh. the dump. Until the dump happened. Uh, one fifty was the max. Okay. I think <laughs> the it's best... in the seventies right now. Yeah, it's down in the seventies again because the the dump happened. All the people right. that cashed out on the squeeze. Uh, uh, it'll probably drop down to like twenty again at some point in the next couple weeks i would give it another week or two before the second dump happens uh, i wouldn't uh i wouldn't get too too into it at this point there's a bunch of that wall street bets plays that are still like telling the boys to hold the line so no i think the wall street bets guy is moving on to uh other stocks 
they're always they're always moving, but they're also always not not selling if they think that they're getting played by hedge funds, which they think now. So Oh, they think so? Yes. Oh boy. But they're very excited that they might be bankrupting a hedge fund. And so Oh yes. Yeah, I got a bail, but like yeah. Okay. I'll fill Michael in on the rest of it. Yes. It's it's very funny. <laughs>